Welcome to the Fish House Nation podcast presented by Catch Cover, your home for ice fishing news, tips, stories, and strategies. And now, your host, Chris Larson. Hello and welcome to the Fish House Nation podcast alongside Blake Tollison. I'm Chris Larson and today we're going to be talking some inland trout, some trout fishing during the ice and it's something that I've done a little bit but I got to tell you Blake I did a little bit of research for our show today and it's got me really excited to go chase trout on uh, inland lakes. It sounds like a, a good time. I know there's a ton of these kind of lakes around you. Um, yep. There's some in the metro and the Twin Cities. I've got a couple around me. Um, I guess we'll ask this question first, and that's uh, why go ice fishing for trout? Well, well, you know, what's the draw to it? For me in particular, it's something different. Um, it, it's a lot different deal than going to fish for walleyes or panfish. Uh, in the area that I live in, uh, panfish kind of rule the roost for a lot of the lakes around here. Um, you know, there's a, there's a handful of okay walleye lakes, but targeting trout just gives me something different to do. Um, you know, they're super fun to catch. I mean, they pull a lot harder than, than any panfish you're going to run into. Um, and you know, there's opportunities for good ones across a lot of the places in the Midwest. Yeah. I'd say the, uh, the first thing you're going to need to do though, is check those regulations. Uh, there's license requirements for most inland trout lakes. And I've also seen times where, you know, you go to one trout lake and you can keep five and the next one you can keep three and there's different size limits. Uh, can you talk a little bit about regulations? Yeah. So, you know, the first thing you need to do is make sure you get a trout stamp. Uh, trout stamps are required uh, to fish for trout through the ice, uh, just like if you were going to fish for them um, in open water. Nice thing is that stamp runs for the whole season. So you can open water trout fish or you can um, ice fish for trout as well. Um, in terms of regulations, you know, <clears throat> there is some some differences in lakes. Uh, so you want to make sure you're checking the regulations. In Wisconsin, uh, there are some really handy tools. They have what's called the trout tool. Um, and that you it's a basically a, a user map. You can click on different bodies of water, and it will tell you what the regulations are. Um, that or they do print off uh, regulations on an annual basis, too. You can find those in PDF form on the DNR website or you can just go get the booklet when you go purchase a license. Very good. Uh, kind of once we get through the regulation part of it, uh, it really starts with preparation. And we've had a really warm fall, uh, a fall that you can get out and get out in the, in the kayak. Because a lot of these waters that we're talking about are either non-motorized or they don't even have a boat launch. Um, talk a little about preparation and how you kind of get yourself prepared for the winter ice season when it comes to trout. Yeah, so I think it's really important to hit a lot of these lakes well in advance of the ice season. Um, you definitely can go find some good opportunities if you're just going to do it on the ice. But the thing is, a lot of these lakes, they don't have maps. Um, you mentioned some of them, you know, an access point to get a boat in is difficult. Um, if you can get a boat in or you can get a kayak in, what I like to do is just spend time driving around. Um, I will I'll bring my Markham out there and you can create a map on that MX-7. So... Um, what I'll do is drive around, create a map, and then I'll have that specifically for when, um, when ice comes. Another thing that I like to do, uh, prior to getting out there is, is Google earth, um, Google earth or Onyx, something where I have up-to-date aerial imagery. I can actually kind of zoom in and look at these locations. I'm 
a lot of times these trout lakes are pretty clear, so you can see a lot of things uh, from an aerial, like aerial photography that, you know, if you don't have a map, that's really a great starting point. Um, you can get uh, coordinates for those, plug those into your GPS or your MX-7, and then you're good to go come ice. It gives you at least a, a starting point for when you're there. All right, once you get out there on the ice, uh, how do you find fish at that point, Blake? So typically, I like to start shallow, um, especially during the low light periods, um, whether that's you know morning or afternoon. Um, if I'm going out in the morning, I like to get there well in advance, make sure I'm drilling all my holes, not spooking fish that will be coming through those shallower areas kind of at that first light time frame. Uh, same thing applies uh, for afternoon. If I'm going to fish kind of that those last few hours of the day, I'm going to try to get out there in the middle of the day, get all my holes drilled, get everything set up. So um, that basically I'm ready and I'm not causing any disturbance once I'm out there. Yeah, that's kind of something uh, to, to think about with, with trout. You know, with panfish, it's pretty easy to get away with uh, a lot of kind of crashing around on the ice and augers and everything. These fish are a little bit more spooky. They, they don't really like that type of thing. No, they're, they're definitely one of the most wary fish, uh, without a doubt. You can watch them on camera. I mean, they'll... If you make the slightest noise, they're gone at times. Um, so it's really important to to have everything set up well in advance of the time that you actually want to fish. Well, that's actually what I wanted to get to next. You've been talking about low light and all these different times. When is your favorite time of day to go after these trout? Specifically, um, it's either that first hour or two of the morning or that last hour or two of the day. Uh, that just seems to be... Um, when most of those fish are moving in shallow, which is kind of the best way I like to target trout. It's worked <clears throat> a lot better than going out and trying to find trout when they suspend during the day. Uh, it seems like you can find kind of that ambush point for that first part of the morning or uh, last part of the day. That seems to be really the, the my favorite time, um, and it seems to be the best time uh, for both size and, and quantity. Yeah, whenever I talk to people like Tom Boley or tournament fishermen, uh, you know, Tom really likes to move around a lot when he's walleye fishing. Most of your tournament anglers are telling you that you got to move around a lot to catch uh, the right pan fish to win a tournament. But this is a whole different animal. Uh, this is more of a kind of stay put type of thing, which I think for our audience, especially the wheelhouse folks, if, they're, if we're talking about a, a trout lake that they can get their wheelhouse on, that's really what they want to do. But this is a this is a type of fishing that you kind of want to hunker down and stay in one spot. Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, I'm a huge panfish nut, so I'm I'm really used to the you know drilling lots of holes and moving around and finding new areas constantly. So when I first started doing this, this was kind of a, a big change to the way I was used to the fishing. Um, but <clears throat> when I tried it, when I forced myself to sit down, I found I had a lot more success finding kind of that right area where they're going to be in during those key times of the day. And basically I ended up catching a lot more fish. And then I, I ended up catching a lot bigger fish by doing that. Um, there are certainly instances where hopping around can catch you a few more trout but uh, those seem to be when you're fishing in deeper water where they're not as impacted to that noise. Anytime you're in shallow water, it makes a lot more sense to just <clears throat> kind of sit in an area and let those fish come to you. Like we talked about, they're super, super spooky, super weary. So it's just you're better off sitting in one area and trying to, you know, 
limit the amount of noise you're going to make. All right, let's talk about presentation. Uh, what are some of your favorite lures for trout? Yeah, so I mean, for anybody who wants to start doing this, if you fish for panfish through the ice, you probably have a lot of good lures that you can already use. Um, my personal favorite is a little lipless crankbait. So like the 160 pound Z-Viber, um, <clears throat> I'll tip that with like a wax worm or a plastic. And basically it's kind of like your walleye fishing, um, aggressive motions to bring those fish in. And then once you see them come in, whether it's on camera or on your flasher, you want to slow it down. Um, but little spoons work well, plastics, like a jig and plastic combination, um, a jig and a wax worm. But really kind of my favorite thing is that small lipless crankbait. All right. How about colors? Uh, what do you like for colors when you're out trout fishing? Um, you know, there hasn't been a, a ton of specific colors that work well. If I'm fishing a more stained body of water, um, like some of the lakes that are by me, I'm typically going to use something that's that's brighter. Um, so I have, you know, some green ones, some chartreuse, some pink, something <clears throat> that they're going to be able to see from a little bit further away. Uh, but some of the, the more clear bodies of water that I'm fishing, a lot of times I go with something more natural, whether that's like a, a rainbow trout imitation or a bluegill or a perch. Um, so, you know, very similar to what you would use in terms of walleye fishing or panfish. Those, you know, darker systems use something <clears throat> uh, that provides a little more contrast. And then those clearer systems, something that's a little bit more natural. All right, I know uh, you're one of these guys that you love plastics, you love that kind of thing. Tell me about, you. I heard you say wax worms, uh, mm -hmm. other live bait presentations you might want to use. Yep, so there are times um, where a, a minnow, like on a, on a split shot, just pays huge dividends. Um, there's a lot of great dead stick options on the market right now. Uh, one that I like to use a lot for, uh, for trout is the Deadeye from St. Croix. Uh, it's basically a, a specific dead stick rod. Um, and I'll just tip that with a small plain hook and then like a small crappie or fathead middle. And usually, I mean, in Wisconsin, we can use three lines. So typically I'm using two, maybe three. Uh, one of those I'm going to be jigging with 100% of the time. And then those other lines will be set up as dead sticks. It doesn't seem to be as effective as jigging, but there are times where it can account for some extra fish and especially some nicer fish. When you're out there with your portable on those lakes and you're dead sticking, um, you know, a lot of guys will get set up in their shelter and they'll put out a couple dead sticks next to them. But uh, what about using tip-ups and maybe kind of like the finicky fooler type of stuff, uh, I fish pro type of stuff, just to get those rods out away from you? Yeah, yeah, that's absolutely a great idea. Typically, I'll have one set up in the shack right next to me, and then I'll have something, you know, maybe on a different piece of that structure uh, maybe at a slightly different depth, or I'll have it higher up in the water column, um, <clears throat> just just to keep it away from the shack. Um, as much as you try not to make noise um, on the ice, especially on those early ice times, it's it doesn't take much to scare fish away. So those having those set lines further away from the house can make a big difference. All right, uh, you you talked about a rod that you like. Uh, for your dead stick, how about your jigging rod? What kind of gear are you using as far as your rod reel uh, line combo when you're doing this type of thing? Um, you know, are we talking more like a walleye style rod, more like a panfish style rod? What do you got out there? Definitely a panfish style rod. Um, and I'm not talking like a super light panfish rod. This would be, 
you know, the stoutest panfish rod I have in my lineup. You could certainly get away with using a light walleye rod. Um, basically, I would say either a heavy panfish rod or a light walleye rod. Um, the one that I use in particular is a, it's a St. Croix Perch Seeker. It's a 32 inch uh, and it's a medium light power, extra fast action. Um, and so it's really good for working, you know, small spoons, those small lipless crankbaits. Um, and then I will pair that up with fluorocarbon. Fluorocarbon is a huge advantage when it comes to trout fishing. We've talked about so many times, they're very weary fish. Um, so having that extra invisibility factor that you get with light fluorocarbon um, is a huge bonus. And then trout are all over the place. Uh, it's not like a panfish that will typically kind of come up. I mean, they'll make big runs and you'll have your, your line running on the ice. So that extra abrasion resistance is also an added advantage. Very good. Uh, you brought up camera earlier, and I think you mentioned sonar. Tell me about the electronics that you're using when you're going out uh, ice fishing for trout. Yep. So um, when it comes to scouting and finding those initial spots, that's really where the camera is a lot more effective. Um, a lot of times in these shallow areas, these trout will relate to something that's in the water, whether that's like a, a weed line, um, some kind of point. A lot of times there might be a log that falls out into the water. So I'll, I'll rely on that camera initially to kind of pinpoint where do I want to set up. Um, like I said, it's different than pan fishing where I want to be moving and you know, constantly on the move, drilling a lot of holes. Um, <clears throat> with trout, I want to be in the right spot from the get-go. So having that camera to figure out, yeah, I'm, you know, five feet from this weed line or I'm right off the ed edge of end of this tree, um, that's a lot more important. When it comes to actually fishing, uh, I rely a lot more on a <clears throat> on a flasher in particular. Um, and the main reason I do that is because I want to have a view of the entire water column. Uh, trout will come through literally anywhere, especially in shallow water. You know, if you're in less than 10 feet of water, they could come through right under the ice or they could come through somewhere near the bottom. Um, <clears throat> so having a, a full view of that water column makes a huge difference. Um, if you go out and chase them, you know, maybe during the day and they're in deeper water, um, they might be suspended 40 feet down or 30 feet down over 80 feet of water. So if you didn't have a, a flasher, you'd be basically just fishing blind. Blake, is uh, there anything else that you wanted to talk about about uh, ice fishing trout that I didn't ask you about today? Uh, one of the big things I've really noticed uh, when it comes to trout is staying in the upper half of the water column when you're working baits. <clears throat> so like if I'm in 10 feet of water, I'm going to be focusing on five feet and above. Uh, trout, they're constantly moving, constantly swimming through. It's not like a, like a big bluegill or a crappie that will come in slow um, and then work their way towards that bait. Basically, they're just going to flash through. <clears throat> so I want to keep that bait higher up, give them an opportunity for, to see it from further away. Um, especially, like I mentioned, trout will come through literally anywhere in the water column. So having it higher up in the water column will just give the, me more opportunities to have that bait seen. Very good, Blake. Really appreciate you coming on today and sharing your knowledge uh, with ice fishing for trout. It's something I'm excited about. I think every year when you get ready for ice season, which I think a lot of us are doing right now, I know there's a lot of people focused on deer hunting right now, but in another yep. two or three weeks, uh, that focus is going to switch a little bit. But uh, you know, I always kind of set out some goals and some things I want to do every year. And this year, I'd really like to go after kind of some species that I typically don't fish. And uh, just kind of talking about this with you has really got me excited about going after and chasing some of these trout. Yeah, it's a great time. I definitely recommend anyone try if they're looking for something different. 
Uh, this is kind of the one of the better options in the Midwest, I think. For Blake Tollefson, I'm Chris Larson. Thanks for watching and listening this week. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks for listening to the Fish House Nation podcast presented by Catch Cover. For more ice fishing content, visit our blog at catchcover.com.